The following is a high five moment from highfivecasino.com. Welcome to Burger Yippee. Would you like a hot apple pie today? Yes, yes, yeah, I won. Woohoo! So that's a yes on the apple pie? I just went big time playing high five casino on my phone. Real cash prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. Yeah. So yes or no on the apple pie? Woo! I won again. I'll take that as a yes. Drive around. Have you had your high five moment today? Only at highfivecasino.com. High five casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High five casino. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. What if AI could help your business deliver mission-critical outcomes with speed? With IBM Consulting, your business can design, build, and scale trusted AI using Watson X and modernize the way you work to accelerate real impact. Let's create AI that transforms your business. Learn more at ibm.com consulting. IBM. Let's create. everybody and welcome to another episode of 100 words or less the podcast i'm your host ray harkins recording in a different environment i am in the beautiful state of washington and more particularly in the beautiful city of seattle in a hotel room by myself it's been a while since i've stayed in a hotel room completely by myself i don't know it's weird because Typically, at home, I am a father, so I take care of a son. I also take care of my wife. I take care of myself. I have all these responsibilities. And when I travel, and I just have to take care of myself, I feel weird. I feel like there I have to be checking something, or I should be doing something. There's always something to take care of. And so I feel weird when I don't have that responsibility. But anyways, that's neither here nor there. You are here to listen to a conversation between two people. And that is what I'm here to bring you. The guest this week is Walter Delgado from the band Rotting Out, a amazing hardcore band from here in Southern California. Punk, hardcore, whatever label you want to put on it, aggressive. Uh, so he's the lead vocalist, and we have an amazing chat. I'll tell you more on that in a minute. Let's get some some pleasantries out of the way, and then we will be able to uh, talk about the interview, and then we'll uh, dive right into it. So visit propertyofzack.com, visit 100wordspodcast.com, and hop on the right side of the page. There is a box in which you can type your email address, and every Monday, I will email you information about the show, the week's upcoming guest. I just have a lot of stuff that I'm able to expand on in written form that you will be able to consume. And plus, I recommend stuff there as far as like movies and music and other cool stuff you should pay attention to. So please do that. There's a lot of people that are subscribing to it, and I'd love to have the dialogue that way. What I've also noticed recently, so many international people are checking in, and I mean, I don't know how it's spreading over the world, but it... I mean, I, I do know it's on the internet, obviously. I find it so interesting that people in other countries seem to be really, really dedicated to listening to the show, writing in. And I mean, I, I don't know why. Like, are Americans lazy? 
are, are we lazy as a culture to, uh, you know, not email or speak to the people who, you know, are, I'm pretty easy to contact. Like if you email me, I'm more likely than not will email you back. There are very rare occasions where I just simply ignore an email uh, because even though the show is popular and I'm very busy, I really do love to have that direct communication. So I think it has to do with some sort of cultural uh, perspective. I really do think that it, it's, it's a matter of uh, we as Americans tend to not uh, just like casually reach out. This is just pure conjecture. But anyways, so thank you to those of the international folk who are corresponding on a regular basis. So thank you very much. Got to throw some shout outs to the beautiful people who are reviewing the show. There's a lot of new folks who are chiming in. One of them is cool. Front Porch Step. He is a musician that I interviewed and he was kind enough to drop in and leave a review. So he said, I was just interviewed by him, and it was an incredible experience. So thank you very much to Front Porch Step. And then Matthew T. from the Los Angeles area, he really asks questions, even if they are uncomfortable. That's awesome. Thank you. I'm glad. I, I try to, I'm going to let you in a little bit on my thought process when I'm interviewing people. You know, I carry obviously my own personal experience into the conversation. I try to interject here and there and kind of, you know, obviously steer the conversation, but I find it interesting because a lot of the times I try to avoid the obvious question. So, you know, say a band or a person is known for this one particular either record or moment where it was like, oh, this huge controversy happened or whatever. I tend to try to like look at that and be like, you know what? That's covered. Let's see if we can kind of dig into different areas. On the flip side, I'm also concerned that the people who really respect this artist's work will feel like I'm doing a disservice by not mentioning that sort of either critical moment or controversy or whatever, that I'm, I'm just kind of, you know, disrespecting that. I tend to go with the former than the latter, where what I'm really trying to create is, is a unique experience. What I've been noticing as I grow older in my life, things that I do have to be very deliberate in regards to either, you know, going to a show or spending time, you know, away from my family. It's, it's, it's not as like, oh, I'm 16 years old. I've got plenty of time. I really am calculated about what I do. The time that I spend on this microphone with other people, I really try to make that a unique experience where no matter what, this conversation you'll never hear again. I mean, of course you'll hear again because obviously I am recording it and putting it out on the internet, but that moment you won't hear again. It's special, it's unique, it's talking about things that this person may not ever talk about anymore. So I really try to get that sort of, you know, lightning in a bottle in a way. Um, and then obviously if other people mine my show or that particular conversation for further interviews, that's awesome. That's fine. That's part of the cultural landscape now. So um, yeah, I really, it's on the forefront of my mind recently because, you know, whatever, we're 130 some odd shows into this. It, it's valuable to people. And I really appreciate that it's valuable. And I take this podcast pretty seriously. And I feel that it needs to be, there's a responsibility that lays on me. And it's not just like, I don't want to waste your time. I don't want to sit here dicking around with a person for like an hour. You can get that on probably 70% of the podcasts that exists out in the world. And that's fine. And they do a good job at dicking around. And I don't mean that in a pejorative or a derogatory sense of the word, because obviously that is where podcasting kind of was born from, just kind of BSing on microphone. These are, these are a lot of these thoughts that go through my head when I am approaching people to speak to and have these conversations with. So like I said, just a little my inner workings, so to speak. Enough of that verbal potential diarrhea for those of you that don't even care about this introduction part of the show. Walter Delgado, like I said, he's the vocalist for Rotting Out. 
and I've known him for a very long time. Honestly, not that well, just kind of in passing, was a dude I see at shows. But I don't know, There, I, I felt like there was this sort of mutual respect for one another where it's like I saw him and doing his good work with, uh, you know, obviously rotting out. But then prior to that, he was, you know, working at a local venue here in Southern California called Chain Reaction. And I don't know, he just always seemed like a like a genuine dude. That was just a feeling I got. And he always paid me, you know, he was always very nice to me, always paid me, you know, the respect that I felt like I deserved as another human being and, you know, said hello and that sort of stuff. And um, you'd be surprised. Like when I say that, I realize that that sounds like really simple and basic, but sometimes it's weird. Like, especially at shows when, and concerts, when you see certain people time and time again, sometimes you don't say hi. Sometimes you just kind of blend into this, like, oh, he didn't say hi, so I'm not going to say hi or vice versa. And so, um, but yeah, Walter was never that sort of person. So, and I know rotting out, like they do interviews, but Walter is a very outspoken person and he shares his views, um, on a lot of things, you know, across a lot of different platforms, like his social media and interviews and stuff like that. But I don't, I didn't feel like his life story was really, um, I don't know, kind of preserved in amber <laughs> in this form. So I reached out to him. We were texting. It was honestly over a good six, seven month period where we were trying to connect and he wasn't available and I wasn't available, but I was finally able to head over to his apartment in San Pedro and we were able to uh, hang out and have a really, really deep conversation because I'll be honest, he had a terrible, terrible upbringing. Music, you know, the the, the cliche of music saved my life. I truly believe after hearing a story, it, it did. It led him in a direction that was very positive and ultimately left a very uh, great impact on his life to steer him away from the potential pitfalls that can happen to a child who really is growing up in a very unstable and abusive environment strap in it gets like i said it gets very deep it gets dark but not to the point of where you're going to be like this is I, I can't handle this this is too uncomfortable and if it's too uncomfortable for you i'm sorry you're listening to the wrong podcast <laughs> but anyways this is my conversation with walter delgado i'm really proud of this one sit back relax uh, enjoy and i'll talk to you next week. That's actually, I always start these things off with just my own personal sort of like entry point to getting to know you and stuff like that. Yeah. So you were always the dude that, you know, you did security chain reaction. That yeah. was like how I knew you. I don't think we ever were actually formally introduced. We just existed in the same rooms together yeah, for yeah, years yeah, and yeah. years. I mean, that's kind of how everything is, though. Once you transferred from being like the dude who I would see at like every show, not only the shows that you were working at chain reaction, but then mm. the shows we would just both be at. Yeah. But then once you once you joined Rotting Out, I was kinda like I was like, it didn't occur to me that you had that like, I want to play in a band. Oh. I don't know. It's just one of those things where it was like I feel like you go to that many shows, you kinda like I know you always want to be in a band. Is Rotting Out your first band? No. Okay. I used to play in a band called Looking Up. Okay. And actually before that I used to play in a band called Head High. Okay. You Both know? of those names sound familiar like yeah. I've seen those on flyers. Uh, uh, Head High was a couple of dudes from uh, Miracle Mile. Oh, right. Okay. Like James from the Miracle Mouse yep, saying, yep, it was yep. kind of like a stay gold meets, uh, not turning point, saves the day. Oh, okay. Type thing. And sure. then they got two saves a day-ish, and I was just right. like, ah, I'm a bail. Yeah, you're like, ah, not for me. Yeah. Were, were you singing? No, no, I played guitar. That's what I thought. Because yeah. that's your first instrument, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I did guitar for Looking Up, which kind of had a turning point vibe, kind of. Sure. Uh, with like side by side vocals, oh, okay. which was kind of cool. That is cool. Um, very short lived because the dudes didn't 
really want to. They try to rush things. And I don't like rushing things. Right. It's like, oh, we we wrote a record. Okay, let's write another one. Like, right. It's just like, oh, like well, can we do this one for a while? Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, we just wrote. We got uh, it's very unstable. Yeah, yeah. Carlos started Dogpile. Okay. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you remember that? Mike did that. He quit, and then we wrote a new demo mm-hmm. with a couple of Dogpile songs riding out. And I was on guitar, and Carlos was on guitar, and it's literally the same lineup. Right. And then we asked Mike to join again, and he did. Right. And then he quit again. Right. <laughs> and so I took, uh, well, actually, our bass player quit first. Uh-huh. And then I jumped on bass. We got a guitarist. And then our singer quit. And I jumped on vocals, which I did not want to do. That, that's something I was going to hit on later. But uh-huh. you, the first couple shows that I saw you playing with, rotting out with, you were feeling it out. You were like, I don't necessarily know what I'm doing up here. Like, oh, no, absolutely not. Were you terrified? The, the first show, I stood in one spot. Okay. I was, I was like, what? actually, well, technically the first show was Mike's last show. I, right. just, I just did the bro him cover. Yep. Which kind of like a send off to Mike. Exactly. Um, that was at Sound and Fury. Was it 2010 or something like that? 2009? Yeah, 2010. Yeah, that's right. 2010. I think. I think it was. Yeah, yeah. 2010. 2010, because that was the first year that Joey and I did it. So, and I remember, I remember that being Mike's last show, and that was a big deal. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That was that. And then the following year was Minority in its first. Okay, yeah. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, it was that. It was kind of like a send off to Mike. Right. And then the the first show following that Mm -hmm. was in this weird uh, warehouse in Torrance. Actually, they don't do shows, and there was a blind guy doing the audio. Which you think you'd be pretty good at. Right. It was, you know. <laughs> You're like, you don't have this sense. You're probably pretty good at this. Yeah, uh, which I don't even remember that night just because I was so nervous. And I was just yeah. like, oh, man. I just And my voice is completely different. Oh, I'm sure. From then to now, especially even on the first song I did. Mike had recorded a song for American Hardcore, the first one. Oh, yeah. And we recorded it with him. They're his lyrics. Right. And then he bailed, and I was like, it's kind of be weird to, you know, submit this song. I was like, well, I'll just redo everything from third person. Sure. Oh, you'll just switch. The, so yeah, yeah. I just switched everything to third person. So technically, the song's about him. Oh. You know, okay. as you know, the song him being about you know. Yeah, about himself. yeah. I was like, oh, you know, it's, I'm not gonna write stomp on that. Yeah, right. stomp on that. I was like, yeah, this is his man. Like, yeah. So we did that, and that was terrible. I hated my voice. I sound like a little irritating mouse. Like right. it was bad. But then we did Street Proud. That was cool. Right, right. But then you. So when when would you say that you felt kind of more comfortable as the sort of you know the the front man, so to speak? After the towards the end of the first tour, I was just like, well, I mean, I still get nervous every fucking time I get on stage. I'd get like, oh, I get weird stomach aches and like, yeah, yeah. like nervous shits. I was about to say, do you got to take a show shit? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, the pre-show shit. Yeah, yeah. Huge. And then, yeah, and then I just like, you know, I just kind of try. I, I've learned to just kind of like zone out. Right, like I, I have to zone out, or else I'll just overthink things and get too nervous and right. care too much. Sure, I feel like the last thing you want to do during a show is worry right about anything. Right, and yeah, yeah. So it was like towards the end of the first tour, I was like, okay, I'm kind of getting the gist of this. This isn't too bad. Right, I was like, uh, if I was gonna sing, I wanted to kind of do it right. I don't know if there's a right or wrong way, but I would read like you know, Crow Magnum and stuff like that and how John Joseph sure. would run and sing the words and stuff like that, like before yep. recordings and stuff or before shows, before tours. Right. Um, and I would just kind of take that. Like, oh, cool. You know, I'd run the beach and I'd try to sing our songs. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, it was it was terrible, but... It, to prepare, right. Yeah, but it would help. It actually helped me a lot. Yeah. And then... Uh, it's cool to hear that you took it seriously because, like, obviously the, the notion 
of a lot of people that play within the context of hardcore, like they don't necessarily take their musicianship very seriously, like or their their instrument very seriously at all. I mean, we still don't, but you know, well, but, I mean, but it, whether or not you take it seriously, you at least like prepare to. A yeah, yeah, sense. yeah. Well, I mean, Mike kind of set the bar. Yeah, and so I was like, he kind of always did this like Ian McKay like ish yeah, yeah. type vibe, right? You know, right, right. What he'd right. do is like traditional like loud yelling speaking and then like his like spoken words in the middle between mm-hmm. sets which i thought was fucking sick that's why he sang in the band right or, that's why he was our original singer right i was like yo this is fucking cool yeah, yeah and then i was like fuck man like i got i can't just go to the, to that you know i can't do that that's not me that's not i was like i i was i was all about like ray capo and fucking right hr and rollins and just john joseph like they had like this harder more aggressive style. Right, right. You know, and I was like, well, that, I, that's what I need to be. Like, I need to, like, and I would always stay on YouTube and just watch, like, these sick Ray Capo, like, yeah, uh, like, movements. I'd be like, oh, that's fucking dope, man. That's fucking cool. Like, he just moves around so quick. I was like, right. he's aggressive, and you can't keep your eyes off of him. I was like, I, I need to mimic something like that. And also, like, stuff John Joseph would do where he would just, like, vibe. He would mm-hmm. just vibe by the drum set. Totally. And, like, do this cool, like, manipulation of how he sings you know uh-huh. like at the end of malfunction and like sure. stuff like that like i'm like oh that's sick dude like so it's not like i have my own style but it's like i incorporate all You're these other all ones. the stuff all yeah. the inputs yeah, yeah which is what bands are in general of course you know? yeah, yeah and i was just like oh yeah th- these are stuff i admired i was like i'm gonna try to like mimic this and like adopt this and like just turn my own spin on it you know what i mean right 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 right. and I, automatically the fact that i had lost my teeth like before sure. i started singing already kind of set a presence of like kind of grit oh totally and it was just like oh wow like this yeah, is dude, serious yeah this is right. a new dude oh watch out oh no, totally um before we go too far down the road that road so you you were born and raised here in like the san pedro area right uh no i was born in mexico oh really i didn't yeah, know that i was born in uh sonora uh this a city called nogales okay oh i know which, nogales yeah, yeah which the border actually runs through right so i was born on the southern side you know south of the border sure and when i was three me and my mom she was 17 at the time or 20 she had me when she was 17 so she was about 20 right we came over in a coyote do you know what coyote is of course yeah Yeah, so we you know paid some dude got in a truck with a bunch of other families and crossed the border wow we in long beach okay i presume you remember nothing about that or do you have like little like i i it's weird i remember odors like there's, there's certain scents that will give me this crazy nostalgia uh-huh. of like the fields in Mexico. Because my mom worked in a field. Okay. You know, I mean, that's a lot of people there. Yeah. And, you know, she would take me, you know, I'd be a baby and I'd just like roam the fields with her and stuff like that. So, like, anytime we'd like pass through the States, I would just get certain odors or like scents from like the fields and it would give me crazy nostalgia. I wouldn't remember anything visually. Right. But it was just like, oh man, like. Yeah, I, this puts you in a place. Uh, yeah. I was like, this, rem- I, this reminds me of something like. Very physical, right? Right. So, uh, but then cr- we came to Long Beach. Sure. And then, so you're primarily raised single mother. Did you have brothers and sisters? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, when uh, stepfather. Okay. From, uh, so came here when I was about five, six. My mom got married to my stepdad. Okay. Had my brother, and then had my sister. Okay, got it. So this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We're sitting here. It's like June. And you're like, where has the time gone? And everybody's like, oh my gosh, I have no idea. I got to like accomplish all these other things. Take a moment. Focus on the things that obviously for one matter to you, but for two, look back, be like, what have I done well? What have I done not so well? 
And maybe I can, you know, ask some friends and family for some help. But where I have always gone to in regards to figuring out what I can do better, therapy. Therapy is an incredible tool at your arsenal that you can dip into. I've done it for my marriage. I've done it for myself personally. And I'm a huge advocate for what therapy can do for you because it is a third party that's able to look at what you can do to improve your life and be a person to help you along in your journey. And so I think if you were thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and entirely suited to your schedule. All you do is fill out a brief questionnaire, you get matched with a licensed therapist, and then boom, you're done. It's great. And then if you're not vibing with the therapist, you can switch it at no additional cost. So take a moment, reflect on the things you've done, reflect on the things you want to do, and visit betterhelp.com slash Ray today to get 10% off of your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash Ray. The following is a high five moment from highfivecasino.com. Welcome to Burger Yippee. Would you like a hot apple pie today? Yes, yes, yeah, I won. Woohoo! So that's a yes on the apple pie? I just went big time playing high five casino on my phone. Real cash prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. Yeah. So yes or no on the apple pie? Woo! <laughs> I won again! I'll take that as a yes. Drive around. Have you had your high five moment today? Only at highfivecasino.com. High five casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High five casino. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Um, and so what was your, uh, I mean, I'm, I presume that the, uh, for lack of a better term, the struggle was real in regards to your mom getting over here and just kind of, you know, making it on her own before she obviously married your stepfather. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. De- definitely. Like, when we got here, she, I would go to go with her to the sweatshop because we there was no babysitter you know I right. would, she would literally work at a sweatshop i didn't know that's what it was right when i was like 4 or 5 four, years yeah, old yeah, you know yeah. and then i realized like, oh wow that that's what that was like right. people, people joke about that and i was like oh that, that's like, i was there yeah, like, i was in the childcare in the corner right? yeah well, nah, <laughs> i know childcare yeah <laughs> no childcare just no, no, everybody no. else was my just mom don't kill yourself right <laughs> yeah but essentially and um you know the riots happened and all that good stuff and then we just went over to the bridge to San Pedro, and I've been there most of my life. Okay. You know, I mean, there's periods of time where we'd leave. I'd, you know, move for like a few months, come back. You sure, know. sure. But I always ended up right back here. Right back here in San yeah. Pedro. Um, and so the uh, once your stepfather came into the picture, um, you know, how was 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 he a solidifying presence? Like, was there was there less chaos because there was more people to kind of you know lend a hand raising kids, or was it still pretty chaotic coming up? At the beginning, my parents got married. He, I somehow ended up with his his mother at her house for a few years like for like a part of first grade and a a handful of second grade Mm -hmm. i lived with her and you know it was cool because she was super nice you know they're very religious they were jehovah's witnesses oh wow still are and um that's a unique experience yeah it was definitely different going from like i presume catholicism uh, or or actually christianity uh 
But they're they're Christians. That's okay, what, that's everything's based off. Right, Christian. right, right, they're, right. So Jehovah's Witnesses are essentially Christians. Yep, yep. Um, just a denomination of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, but when we came to America, we lived with my mom's brother. Okay, my uncle and his wife and their four kids. Right. You know, oh, not his wife, but his girlfriend. You know, sure, I mean? yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> significant other. Yes, yeah, you know, four kids deep. You might as well. Yeah, you might. Yeah, um, <laughs> you've already committed that much. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. you you've you set the the standard. <laughs> right, um, right. And she was from Georgia. She's oh. a southern southern lady. Sure. So, you know, there's her English, like a southern twang. Yeah. And that's how I learned English. I grew up with all them. We would watch Nickelodeon. And I just, my, my, you know, I picked up English super fast. Sure. And so, you know, by, by the time I was six, I was bilingual. Um, and then going from, you know, having Christmases and Easter's and, you know, Southern people are very fanatic about holidays. Yep. Um, you know, going from a Thanksgiving with a big banquet, you know. Yeah. Uh, and Christmas, you know, mm-hmm. going to the parks and like taking pictures with, the, you know, the family and stuff like that to none of that. Wow. To I can't watch Ninja Turtles because it's too violent. You know, like right. I, I would sneak, I would sneak into the kitchen on a black and white TV yeah. at six in the morning to watch Power Rangers. Sure, like you're like I'm doing something really bad right here. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah this yeah. is terrible. Like I can right. go to hell. Like <laughs> right, right, <laughs> that's what right. This is. And then you know, I that happened, and then I would move with my mom and my dad uh-huh. around third grade. Um, things got really violent early on with like my stepdad. Really, like he was an on and off alcoholic. Okay, eventually throughout the years. You know, going to harder drugs, you know, heroin, meth. Oh, brutal. Um, yeah, coke, stuff on the streets. You know, just, sure. You know, he was a truck driver. Oh, dude. So, yeah. like, you know, he gets introduced to a lot of ta- bad shit, like, you know, on the road. Of course. So, and that lingered with him. Right. On and off throughout the years. You know, there's a lot of spousal and child abuse. You know, like me and my mom would get hit here and there. And then we'd go to a shelter mm-hmm. for a few months. She, like, most women in their situation go back to what it was, you know, oh, I right. forgive him, blah, blah, sure, blah. Sure. You know? And then we'd end up in another shelter. Right. Like me and my brother went to like three shelters wow. with my mom. Like, yeah. By the by the age of like ten. Jeez. You know, I've been to three shelters, you know, all around. Right, right, know? right. And uh things always got ugly. Did Give you a- did you have a feeling of like hatred towards him? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. Or or did you, well, yeah. it was at first it was more of like a uh a confusion of like kind of like a betrayal sure like you know, here's a, a dude that like hey took you in right and then all of a sudden like hey like why why is this happening to us you know like like what did i i do wrong like what what are we doing do right. we fuck up like are we doing something bad here like, sure you yeah because you yeah you look at yourself or just like well if i'm being hit like clearly i'm in the wrong like, yeah because that that's how you know that's how i was when to get him if my mom would spank me it's because yeah, yeah. i was doing something i shouldn't have been right, doing. right right so like you know that was all my Approaching things like, oh man, maybe I'm doing something wrong. Maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe I'm like, maybe I, I, I don't go to church enough. You know what I mean? Yeah, Especially yeah. Like in their in that surroundings, in their house, sure. In their households. And then uh, we moved to the projects when I was about nine, eight, eight, nine years old. And okay. then we were there for a good minute. Okay. We were there. Um, my little sister was born, um, and that was like eight years up until the age of like, actually up until the age of like seventeen. Okay. Seventeen. Yeah, you were in it. Yeah. So in the projects, that, that was that was a come and go game, you know. Like he would come, he would leave, he would come, he would leave, he'd get kicked out. You know, oh like man, thirteen, like you know, like things are really ugly around the age of thirteen. Not, right. not just in the house, but like around the neighborhood. Yeah, it was a very, you started to witness a bunch of other stuff. Yeah, I saw a dude get shot on my lawn. Like I literally watched somebody die on my porch. Right. Um, I would go to the beach with my friends, so we'd wake up super early, and then I'd see like a girl just 
dead, like dropped off. Like she got like raped and like cut. Yep. And so like you could see her insides, and like as a kid, you're like, holy shit! Like you'd see this in movies, right? You're like not supposed that, to see it in real life. Yeah, and then you'd see it, and you're like, holy shit! And then you're trying to guess who it is, and you know the coroner's not there yet to cover it up, and there's one officer telling you, oh, get out of here, go away, you know? Right, right. And you're just like, holy shit, you know? And then you see kids from the neighborhood, like older kids dealing and then they get chased by the cops and this kid swallowed whatever he had oh jeez yeah. yeah yeah and they didn't they were looking for it while he was in the cop car and then he you know turned blue and died and suffocated and OD'd in the car and like they're like just like shit like right you know and you can't blame the cops for that one you know what I mean like, no no you know, yeah, yeah, yeah it's like dude you should be swallowing right them. that many drugs right, yeah. right right to conceal them yeah, yeah. and uh and then I got ugly and then uh abuse got really heavy you know like that I was a teenager Right. Now, 13. And you think, you know, push, push just comes to a swing after a while. You know, you get, you don't know what's going on. There was another argument in my house. You know, right. mom got hit. And I'm, I literally just got out of the shower and I was dressed and I was trying to ignore it, the situation. There's always a lot of yelling at home. Right. And then, you know, uh, I came in and I just, I just broke down. I just came into the room. I broke down. And I was yelling at everybody and telling them to stop. Mm-hmm. And he told me to go away. And I just, first thing I saw, a screwdriver grabbed it and just started swinging you know he jumped back in the bed yeah like and, and so i could only go reach as far as i could sure so i caught his legs a bunch of times and uh my mom like freaked out and she told me to leave and i was like well like you know kind of like why are you telling me to stop like what's i'm the, trying to protect yeah, you and the family you. right yeah. yeah totally so and then that's confusion in there and then you're just bitter and you just start drinking a whole lot yeah. Um, but that all the drinking kind of started when i was 11 and then it just got worse at like around that age right um, well, because I'm sure at that point you felt like you had no options whatsoever. Yeah, it's like, what do I do now? Right. Just let it happen. You don't want me to do anything about it, you know? Yeah. I couldn't run away. Like, I could, I had nothing. Yeah. I was fucking 13. Right. You know, so I would, at that point, I just stopped being home. Yeah. I just stopped showing up at home. I would, like, stay out as late as possible. Yeah. Till I really had to, till I, my friends were like, oh, well, I got to go home now. And right. I was like, oh, okay. You're like, damn it, I wish I didn't have to go home yeah, to a certain yeah. extent i'm sure yeah, yeah that definitely i mean a lot that's why i started going to a lot of punk shows and a lot of backyard shows right and uh you know so i could stay out as late as i want get fucked up as much as i want you know right, just kind of right. like dwell into that whole atmosphere that just was counterproductive you know what i mean you're like oh this is what normal people do this is right this is this is life this is how it is in movies this is how it is with yeah. everybody that i see you know people drink people get fucked up you know they, they do right. what they can and forget you know yeah yeah and then me and my, me and Carlos, uh, I met him in high school, ninth grade. Like we all okay. hung out together. So I've known him the longest out of I've known, actually, any of my friends right now. Okay. Everybody just kind of fell off. Like all the kids from the projects either died or got locked up. Sure. You know what I mean. And then uh, started going to punk shows, and then got into hardcore, and then got into straight edge. And then it just my first hardcore show was uh, a Throwdown show. Sure. Uh, Keith Barney era. Yeah. So of about two thousand one. Yeah. yeah. Um. Kind of like the the end the end of the uh, beyond repair. No, uh, you don't have to be blood, blood to be oh, family. Spectacular vibe. record, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right before Haymaker, you know what of I course. mean? Right. So soon after they did that change with like Dave Peters and all yeah, that stuff. Yeah, Pantera. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah essentially. Yeah. Uh, but to me, like going to a hardcore show was kind of weird. It's like, oh wow, they don't circle pit as much. Right. Um, you know, from what you were used to at the backyard shows. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, this is weird. But it was. I think it was. Yeah, it was. Uh, um, at the Glass House, I think. Oh, okay. Pretty sure it was the Glass House. Over My Dead Body played. And oh, they did sure. a Bad Brains cover. Sure. And so I was like, oh, I know this. Like, I know this, you know? Yeah, yeah. And there was a circle pit, which was super cool. Mm-hmm. 
and I got hit in the face real hard. Yeah. And I was like, oh, fuck, you know, shit happens. Yeah. And I just sat it out, and I was watching Throwdown, Out, and I was just like, well, this, 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 is, this is it. This is it. Yeah, I found this, it. Yeah, there, there it is. Right. And I was, you know, talked about like being sober and like just staying level headed and like there's no point to making things worse, you know, like with drugs and alcohol. And I was like, right. Yeah. Like, and I didn't like claim straight eggs that day or anything. You right, know, like, right. Uh, I, I, I did, you know, kept reading and then checked out all the bands and their thank yous, checked out all the bands on the label. Decision right. was a big part of my life at that time. It's huge. Um, and, uh, I remember the last time I drank a beer, I was at the beach. It was like a we had a can, like a twenty four pack of Budweiser. Right. Still, we're like I'm like fourteen. Yeah, you know, totally. When I was eleven, I would do runouts of Malibu out of the store. You know, right. like yeah, you know, it, and I'm just like drinking beer, and I was just like halfway through my beer, like my first beer, I was just like this, this isn't this, this isn't, isn't it. This is this doesn't do anything anymore. This is. I'm not even happy. Right. Like, I'm just, eh, I put it down. I asked my friend, you know, you want the rest? He's like, yeah, sure. You know, sure. And I just kind of just fell into like the lifestyle. Like, and it just made, pers- personally made me a better person. I mean, granted, it didn't help my schooling or anything. I'm fucking ditching well, school. Yeah. But just like being sober at that age definitely makes you more aggressive. Sure. You are more aware to everything and you're definitely more angrier. Yeah. You're, key- you're definitely keyed into the, I mean, obviously, every teenager goes through the angst that you go through, and you're so much more keyed into that yeah. when you're sober. Yeah, because yeah, you're yeah. not, you know, what, you're not dulling it with all the other substances that you can dull it with. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. you're, you know, like you're alert all the time, yeah. and you're, you're pissed. Sure. Like, and yeah. that's kind of like the the payoff. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd rather be agitated and sober, sure, than drunk and like, oh, you know, I'm over it. You know what I mean? Totally. You know, you you learn you learn to approach things better, of at, course, especially at a younger age like that. Right. But something that I, I find so cool in your interviews you've done in the past, and and just in general, it's like obviously how you know high you lift your mom in regards to like like she's kind of the you know she's not only the reason that I exist here, you know, in front of you right now, but just the idea that she's been able to you know be the rock for you. Oh, definitely, definitely. I mean. Some kids just don't have either, yeah. you know, and that's like, and to me, I was like, fuck, I, I, I can't imagine that. Right. Like, there's no way I, I need at least one. Right. You know? Did you ever, did you ever know your dad or anything? No, no. I don't really care to like, sure. He, but your mom, heard, your mom let you know, like, oh, this is who he is. This like, is who he is. Don't be like him. You know, it was, <laughs> yeah. it was, I mean, she was 17 when she yeah. got pregnant, you know, and right. like, but they lived together and she left him oh, because wow. There's a lot of tendencies, not abusive, but a lot of like people he was associated with in Mexico that oh, was yeah, just yeah. not a good vibe. Not good. Yeah, just yeah, not like, good for children or adults oh, for that matter. Yeah, or just humanity. <laughs> right. Just you know what I mean? Just <laughs> I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, that's a that's a deeper chapter. Oh, that um, is huge. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I don't really care. Sure. Like if I saw him and be like, cool. Yeah, yeah. You weren't a part of my life at all. Yeah, like I'm, I don't hate you. I don't love you. Like you're just. A, yeah, you're just a human. Yeah, right. but he died when I was like 11. Oh, like, I never, okay. Which doesn't matter to me. My mom was like, oh, your father died a few years ago. I was like, oh, well, there's that news. Yeah, yeah I mean, I guess. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, ha- having her was literally the only really anchor that I had to just not losing it completely. Right. You know what I mean? Like, literally blood and sweat right. sacrificed it all. You know, um, took hits. For me, I did the same for her. Totally. You know, I fight or fight sometimes as I got older. Right. Um, 
you know, if it comes to money, if I'm down, like she's always there to offer, you know, right. uh, even though I won't take it sometimes, you know. Of course. And uh, it, I mean, it's just best friend. Right. Well, it's because it, it, I always find it honestly disappointing and disheartening when you hear about the sort of typical experience, especially within punk and hardcore, where it's just like, oh, fuck my parents. Like, you know, they suck or whatever. And then it's like that mentality stretches over to when they become like adults. And it's just like. Your parent, like your parents, are great. Like they've done so much for you, yeah. and it's like it's nice to hear. Like I said, a, a person like you be like, "No, my mom's awesome. She rules." Like, yeah, I mean, she does. Granted, like she she's not perfect. No. You know, we yeah, yeah. Uh, the cycle of abuse kept happening, obviously, because she kept coming back to the situation. Totally, totally. You know, but you know, when you're young and in love, you do dumb things. Of course. And I can't hold it against her as I get older. You know, I hey, I fucking blew like five years right. in a relationship that I didn't really want to be in right. and just, just because you feel obligated or you totally. feel like you should commit to people just because they That's exist what people do. Right, or right, right. because you hurt them or oh, they said yeah, yeah. sorry sure. you feel like you owe them something you know what I mean and right. that's the worst thing to try to make things fit totally and you know, you know I mean there's definitely a line on the last record you know it's like uh, you know, fuck my parents for making me pay for their mistakes. Sure. You know, because there's times where I, I was just confused and it, you know, it was my mom's fault. And, it is, you know, yeah, You yeah. can't deny it. Nope. But it's like, hey, like, I'm one of those people that have the worst time letting go issues. Like, okay. if somebody hurts me, I will fucking take to the grave. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. Which is not good. And I know it's not good. You know right. what I mean? It's like, it's, it's, it's. You're like you're like at the you're like at the first step of like five steps. Like you recognize it. <laughs> yeah. You're like, but I can't get to that second step of like maybe some sort of like idea of confrontation or resolution. Like, you know, no, that's not gonna happen. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, oh, you know, my mom be like, you gotta, you gotta like let go of everything that happened like with your stepdad. It's like, yeah, I know, but fuck him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, uh, is he still me. in your life? Oh, he's in prison. Okay. Yeah. The last time I saw him, I was 18. Okay. Uh, we got in a fight a few weeks before that. And okay. I, I knocked him out, which was kind of cool at the that same time. Cool. But it's just like emotionally just fucking stressful. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And then the detectives comes in. He was on He was on a real like um, – you ever oh. seen the movie Spun? Spun. No. It's these uh, kids are all fucked up on meth. Oh, okay. And they just pull all-nighters. And oh, sure, bend. sure. Bender, whatever. Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. He was on a meth bender technically. Sure. He shaved his head. Like he said all oh, – demons were talking to him like dude started hallucinating he was was in deep yeah yeah. he was in real deep and it was like sad right because he was literally slowly losing everybody that actually gave a shit about him sure and it was you know it was his own fault like you can only hold on to somebody till like it starts taking you down with it of course um he he was just so far detective showed up like hey where's joe and we're like we haven't seen him in in like four or five days Mm -hmm. at this point he was living in a in a trailer home like him he kept talking to my mom on and off and my mom's like you gotta go yeah get yourself right yeah you know read the bible blah blah blah. he was religious his whole life so it was like you know talk to god find peace like let go of all this stuff get go to aa you know like yada 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 like i grew up going to aa meetings with him just because he was the dude taking care of me at, you know right right you know a few nights a week it's like oh shit like he's like hey we gotta go to the meetings oh all right I guess I'll go right. You know, yeah, like yeah. and then I would hear everybody's fucking story and like, right. you know, these fucking pity parties. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, what? What am I doing? Yeah, I mean, all basically everything you're describing to me is like every worst possible environment that a kid should obviously be in. <laughs> yeah, uh, which is you know, it's like it's kind of like a early reality show. Like I had to grow up at a young age. You know, you I had did. to accept life. I was like, oh, like fuck, this sucks. And I think that's why, like, once he got locked up. He, mm. he he got in a confrontation with somebody. I, I don't know if it was his dealer or not, but he ended up killing him. Okay. And so it was like, you know, manslaughter. Right. 
Um, I don't know. You should be coming out in a few years. Okay. And that's still weird. Like, if I really dwell into it, it really, like, fucks me up. Oh, sure. It's like, oh, damn. You're like, I don't even want to think about yeah. seeing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I understand. Yeah. Because, you know, like, he always treated my brother and my sister great. Right. You know, I was just, you know, that redheaded stepchild. Of course. Just not redheaded. You were brought into the... Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You are that black-haired stepchild. Right. Yeah, right, yeah, right, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. And, uh... uh well, um, that, I find it so interesting that, that you... Because... You know, so many people obviously point to like either straight edge or punk or hardcore as obviously being that moment where they get, you know, they find their 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 clan, so to speak. But it's like not only did you find like your place, but like that legitimately saved your life in certain respects. Oh, most definitely. And like, granted, hardcore is not for everybody. Punk rock is not for everybody. And you'll get the you know the, the kids that came in because they either thought it was cool, which it fucking is. Yeah, of course. you know, and. uh they thought the merch was cool, or the 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 visuals were cool, or just right. even the attitude. Totally. And like, I get it. You know, I'm I was here for the same reason. Still, still am. Yep. And you know, they grew out of it, which is perfectly fine. You know, it's not for everybody. You expect everybody to stay here? No. It's no. like you know, sometimes it's just a phase in someone's life. Right. It's usually the older people that are that were the diehards that it did the most for them. Yeah. And that's why they're still here. It's a good point. And then that's why people get territorial. It's like you get these young kids, like, which is shitty. You know, you shouldn't be jaded and like, oh, fuck the new generation or blah, blah, blah. You know, the golden days and yada, yada, yada. It's like, shut up, dude. Let's shut the fuck up. I know exactly. You know, um, but you can't blame somebody for being territorial because this is literally some of them, they're, they're rock. You of know, like this is this is all they knew and all they understood. So if some, you know, 15 year old kid's going to come and you know, kind of make a mockery of this, like, of oh, like, you know, I'm, you know, be fucking sexist towards girls by not, you know, telling them they can't pit or they can't be straight edge or, right. or just trying to pick fights because they think that's what the attitude is about. Like, you know, that's shitty. And you know, of course people get territorial. I'll fucking get territorial, you know, like, yeah. it's like, yo, you ruin it for, for the other kids, man. Right. You're ruining it for kids that possibly need this more than anyone right now. You know, like if I went to a show and somebody beat me up because... <laughs> Of a certain band, like yeah. fuck that, like I'm not coming to shows anymore. Right? Like, yeah. How far would you have gone? Yeah. Exactly. And right. you know, and, and that's the type of shit that's like not breaking down uh, the scene for people, but like it, it definitely spoils it for some kids. You know, it, it does. And respect to the kids that get it and know that's not what it's about, right. and stick around and kind of like, all right, the dude's gonna leave eventually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's definitely true. You, you oh. and I have been in here long enough to know that it comes in waves. Totally. There'll be a, a a handful of shitty kids. Either they learn or they leave. Right. You know? Yeah, they, they move on to the next, whatever, the next phase of their life or whatever cool thing it is to be in at that, that particular moment and they move on. Yeah, That's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, But that obviously gets equated to hardcore so so frequently is the fact that it's like, you know, whatever, bands aren't political, bands don't have something to say. It's like, you know, usually it's just like either about the cool merch or cool mosh or anything like that. <laughs> yeah. And, and it, it's so interesting because it's like not only your your experience of being raised but the fact that it's like, you know, I mean, you obviously are an all Hispanic hardcore band. It's like now we are there. I know. <laughs> and there are there's so many elements that make your guys's voice unique. And the fact that like you actually say stuff like, I mean, you're you're obviously it's like, you know, you're anti-bullying and like all these things that it's like they seem so inherent in hardcore, but aren't spoken about. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, think about it. We're not like a hard band. Like, you know, we're not like, quote unquote, beat down. Yeah. Totally. You know, we're, which I still think is a weird fucking term. <laughs> it is. It's just another hardcore band. It is. You know, it's just like that, a, are, that are heavy. right? Yeah. A really watered down version of like agnostic front. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, 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 right. Which is a hardcore band. One of the best. Yep. And um, but I have that vibe like me, the way I look just because I lift weights and I'm very aggressive on on stage. 
people think like we're a tough band, so, or some people might get that. Of course, you know, like just oh. at, at a first glance, you, people could totally write you off. Oh, easily. Yep. It's like, oh, I've seen a picture of those guys. They, well, they probably suck. You right. know, they probably they're not a melodic band. They, you know, right. they're probably probably talking about beating people up. You right. Know? Um, but I think that's why I say those things mm. because it's like, oh wow, this is somebody bigger than me telling me not to take shit from nobody, right. especially him, somebody his size. It's like if you go out, you go out swinging. You know what I mean? Like you defend yourself. You don't let people push you around. Don't let people talk you down. You know? Yeah. Especially girls. You know, they they get intimidated and they get uh discouraged to be involved of course a lot and that's shitty yeah when the best people in my life were women yeah you know my whole life everybody <laughs> that was good to me and important to my life were people that were women that made me feel important and made me be you know be more progressive in life of course to, you know to to get better to improve right you know whether it was counselors from the shelters i was at mm-hmm. whether it was Women from church, sure. You know, well, I'm not. I'm not religious at all. Actually, I'm very atheist. Sure. But you, I, I could, you could, you could pick out the snobs from the genuine, right? You know, and with my mom, women I've admired in movies or you know books, right? You know, shit like that. Like these were all women, right? And so the fact that you know I was seeing that girls would get discouraged about being straight edge or. Right. You know, it's like, oh, we, they're only here to fuck dudes. It's like, well, the reality of it is for every one girl that is doing something, you know, questionable, questionable, sure. there's 10 other dudes in here for all the wrong reasons and trying to suck a dude's dick you know, in yep. a band. Yep. Well, metaphorically, you know what I mean? Totally, totally. You know, it's just like dudes just try to get this machismo attitude and it's just really irritating. I'm like, I dealt with this shit my whole life. I don't really need to hear it from some fucking 18 year old right. kid. Because you obviously are outspoken and you have, you know, espoused, you know, I mean, pro-gay, pro-gay marriage, like, I mean, across the board, like, you express things that are generally, like, you know, approved and, like, within the context of the hardcore scene. But, again, no one really speaks about it. What, what's been the most, like, pushback that people have been like, oh, man, like, fuck, Walter, what are you talking about? Like, what, what have people reacted the most negatively to that you've expressed? Um, I, t- I definitely talk about not being bullied or I've definitely told girls to like, Hey, you know, if your boyfriend or your husband mm-hmm. or some dude, you know, hits you or abuses you, right? like I, I think it was put a bullet in his head, you know, catch it, wait till he sleeps and put one in through his eyes. Mm-hmm. And then people are just quiet. People are very quiet. <sighs> right. it, it's like. You know, I get caught in this moment, like when I when it's just in my head. And it's I just, passion, uh, sure. Yeah, it's just aggressiveness. It's sure. Like, uh, granted, I don't want you to fucking go to prison. You know what I mean for murder, right. but know that sometimes you have to take it that far. Sure. Like you can't lay down and die. Mm-hmm. That's not an option. There's too many times where people have made you want to feel that way, where you just want to just kill yourself and die. Like I've sure. been there, man, and you feel like there's there's no hope. Like there's what's the point? Right. You know, but you, you have to. F- realize that you're important enough to not let other people's actions define your worth you know what i mean you can't just lay down and die as much as you want to sometimes you just got to fucking push through sure and some people don't get it and it's like yo you have to bite sometimes Mm -hmm. that's the reality of things you have to bite right in this world you can't if you want to be um like it's similar to protesters if you want to be passive only a passive war is good if both sides sure <laughs> you know yeah, are yeah. on the same page right and sometimes that's not sometimes you got to get a little bit crazy a little yeah, bit you got to push back yeah you have to some, sure you uh, it's life and death sometimes right and some people get caught off that way and 
even with like uh, I've called people out of like you know the room would get quiet they'd probably wait for me to say something because they I rant my ass off right and I would just say how many people in here are gay raise your hand raise like raise your hand right like don't ever be afraid uh-huh. to like hesitate don't hesitate you know what is it Rollins said that you know if I was gay there 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 wouldn't be a closet there wouldn't be I burn the house down right you know yeah like and and that speaks volume because my whole life I was. In the projects, especially, people are very racist, very sexist, totally, very oppressive to their own kind. You know, oh, uh, you know, the the Mexicans be, oh, I fucking hate these niggers and yada yada yada. And right. you think that's okay? You think to talk that way and to act that way is perfectly normal? Mm-hmm. Oh, like that dude's a fucking faggot. Don't hang out with him. And you think, oh, okay, like that's this okay. is okay. Yeah. This is normal. My dad says this. This is fine. Like, right. This is this is just how things are. Right. And as you get older, you realize if you don't educate yourself you realize this is this is nothing this is petty right it's like why is somebody's love life or you know their issues have any effect on mine sure like fuck who you want to fuck man just don't fuck my girlfriend you know right, what i mean right, like, right right the following is a high five moment from high five casino.com i won yahoo private put down your phone this is the army sort high five casino is a social casino it's on your phone goes wherever you go i win free spins cash prizes free daily rewards over 1200 games i won again platoon present cell phone high five high five casino casino win at high five casino high five casino is a social casino no purchase necessary void we're prohibited play responsibly conditions apply see website for details high five casino This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. This Father's Day, shop at the Home Depot to find the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. He's the weed-fighting, hedge-trimming, leaf-blowing lord of the lawn. He sees the job, and he gets it done. Because your dad is a doer. So show him you appreciate everything he does with the tools he needs to power up his landscaping game. This Father's Day, give him the convenience and gas-like power of innovative and durable Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools from the Home Depot. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything Dad does, everything he is, and everything he can be, find the perfect Father's Day gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Shop for Father's Day now in stores or online at homedepot.com. Just don't hurt anybody on the way there. Yeah. It's as, it's as simple as that. It's, it's, it's not all being open-minded. It's being rational. Sure. You know? It's so interesting, too, because I hear you speak about this stuff. It's like I, I see you are t- you're a product of your environment, but then you are also the antithesis. You go against everything that like like you said all those values that existed within you know not only your household but the surrounding communities you were just like i'm not going to be that i'm not going to be a burnout druggie i'm not going to you know refer to people as faggots like i'm not going to do these things and it's like it's because you were exposed to that that you're just like wait something's wrong there's something totally wrong like yeah i I think it all had to do with religion originally Uh uh-huh and i had questions well how come this happened to us 
what did, like what did we do wrong? Okay. You know, and oh well, you know, pray to God and blah 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 blah. It's like yeah, but prayers aren't getting answered. Right. It's been twelve years. Sure. Still nothing, man. Right. You know, um, and then I started asking questions. Well, how come God kills more people in the Bible than Satan? How come how come he killed all those women and children? What right. did what did they do? You know, like you know, I was a kid and I wanted to know. Well, how come everybody in the Great Flood that were kids died? Right. Only. A family of eight survived. Sure. Like, that's kind of selfish. They didn't really have an option, you know? Like, right. And, you know, the reverend would be like, oh, well, you know, God has a plan for everything. It's like, oh, I don't want to be a part of that plan, man. That sounds just fucking shitty. <laughs> right, right, right. Like, you know, what if I'm not in those selected eight? I'm fucked. Right. You know? Like, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, I started dwelling into like more religious topics, like, that would go against, it's like, oh, well, you know, homosexuality is wrong. It's like, well, where where does it say that? Right. You're you're fat as fuck and gluttony is a Gluttony's deadly scene. Yeah, exactly. And you're here pointing at somebody that is minding their own business, one, right. living life how they want to be, being themselves, and there's no reference to that in the Bible at all. Sure. Like I I don't get it. Right. And then you know, at that point I was just like, you know, I was really over it. I was like Sure. You're I, like I'm not I'm not getting the answers for what I define are meaningful in my life here. Yeah, it's like right. there's nothing here that is going to nourish me. Everything is just criticism. Sure. So, you know, like, that's it. Yeah. I, I, I don't believe there's a God. I don't believe in religion. Sure. I believe that genetically we can be good people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and also I also believe that we deserve to die. Sure. <laughs> like as, as a human. <laughs> as a race. As, right, a, right. as a human race, we, we, we're fucking it up for everybody. Yeah, like yeah, it's, yeah. We're one species out of... How many? You know what I mean? Sure. It's like, oh, well, we have the brain. It's like, yeah, we're also destroying our own kind. Like, mm, Yeah, yeah, we're like, We're doing a lot of things that are terrible. Yeah. Rotting Out as a band, to me, like, makes sense. And not even from a business perspective, but just you're like, okay, this fits with, like, what we like as, as people, like, who we are as a band collectively, more so than most bands do. Like, you know, most bands will, whatever, like, like touring with a band like Story So Far, where yeah. it's like, those are hardcore kids. Like everybody, anybody that pays remote attention knows that. Mm. Um, but you know, some, some bands may like, they'd be like, Oh, I don't know if we should tour with those guys. Like that might, that might lose cool points or whatever, you know, whatever mythical thing. Um, but you guys, you guys always seem to, like I say, follow kind of your, your gut more so than other bands, regardless of the public opinion, <laughs> like regardless of the way that people feel. about Yeah. You. We've gotten put in situations where we've gotten called, perverts, you know, assholes, bullies. Like we we've had it all, man. You know, right. we played a rainfest and people said we we sexually assaulted some girl. Sure. In front of like 50 or 60 people. Right. And then pictures showed up and you just see me and Benji sitting down right, right. on a bench and there's a bunch of other people around us and we're just we're not even involved, we're just sitting there. Right. It's like okay, like like we don't need to like prove anything to anybody. Right. You know, we it, it it it's it's if you're gonna worry about public opinion, you're just a fucking dumbass. Right, right. You're like, we're gonna do what we're gonna do. Yeah, that that's literally it. We're yeah. gonna do what we're gonna do. Like right. they're like, oh, you want to do this tour with story so far? I was like, okay, cool. Like, well, what's what's the offer? You know, from the business aspect, it's like sure. it's a hundred bucks. I was like, fuck, dude. Yeah, that's rough. That's really rough. Uh, I don't. Uh, what's the routing? So you expect us to get from here to there in a hundred bucks? Right. It's like ah, uh, <laughs> all right. Well, like. It's like, dude, but 
like merch and this. I was like, I don't really care about that. Like, right. I was like, what kind of venues? He's like, oh, well, they have barriers and blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ew, like fucking gross. Like, right. And so it, I, I, if it wasn't for Expire to be like, yo, you guys should do it. There's a lot of, there'll be a lot of new kids. And that, that's, 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 that's literally all, all it was. Yeah. That's there'll be, there'll right. be new kids that have never heard of you. And I was like, yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's perfect. Like, right. if it wasn't, for corn taking out sick of it all in the 90s you think sick of it all would have been as great or as you know as a bridge yeah, yeah. to hardcore as other bands if it wasn't for terror doing it with a totally. lot of metal bands yep you know do you think a lot of those kids would be in, involved with hardcore they totally. they would be as cool as they are now you right know? you want to be you want to be a gateway band I, like, I think that's perfect i don't want kids to fall in love with my band and worship my band i want kids to listen to rotting out and be like Oh, what other bands sound like them? And then yeah. be like, holy shit, this Take Offense record changed right. my life. There's a whole world out here. Yeah. Right. Yeah, like, yeah, I yeah. want that. I, I'll, I'll be the bridge to your favorite band. Right. I think that's cooler. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> You're like, that's my point for rotting out more yeah. so. Just because you guys obviously are, I mean, white suburban male makes up 80 to 85% of hardcore. Like, that's just, you know, maybe, maybe I'd skew the percentage down maybe a little bit, but I mean... I mean, Hispanic people, blacks, like mo- most minorities are, you know, it's a microcosm of the world, you know, where it's yeah. like, so, you know, ha- have you guys, have you personally experienced like, or w- witnessed like racism towards you guys in particular, as far as like, um, no, not necessarily. I mean, granted there's like gas stations in the Midwest, right, right. you know, where we, we definitely get looked at and it's harder to steal from right. the gas station, <laughs> right, right, right. which yeah, like it's kind of our bad for falling into the, their stereotype. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, oh, there's these brown kids, like, keep an eye yeah. on them. It's like, we're like, fuck, we can't, I can't pocket this Snickers. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, but, hey, I mean, that's life on the road. Of but course. At shows, I don't ever think we've run across that. I think just because of the way we look or what people have heard, mm-hmm. you know, they're like, uh, either not, choose not to speak up. And we'll later say some shit online. Oh, sure. Or they'll just be like, I don't know, dude. I've seen this singer hit some guy. Like, right. Rotting out, beat some drunk up in Boston. And right. Does, rot- your, does your reputation precede you? Like, I don't know, man. I don't really I mean, care. No, I know I know you don't care, but I mean, like, have you, have you run into that on more than one occasion where people are like, oh, Walter's a fucking tough ass. And then, like, they talk to you and they're like, oh, you're just a normal dude. Oh, man. that's happened. That definitely happened a few right. times. Like, oh, like, I was scared. So I come up to you because I heard this and that. Right. He was like, but you're super down to earth and you're super chill. I was like, yeah, why wouldn't I be? Right, right, right. You know, like, and you're I, like, and you, you, I mean, just in, in knowing you and talking to you, it's like you're, you know, you're way more in touch than with your feelings and your emotional uh, uh, knowledge than most other people that would be defined as tough guy. Like, you know, the, the, the conception is that like tough guys are just like, well, fuck, like I don't have emotions. Like I don't feel those. Like, yeah. Whereas you're like, it's all over the place, man. Yeah, <laughs> man. Hey, this is life, man. It's just, that's just more stress on you, man. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I learned, I learned that the, the hard way. Right. Right. Uh, it was, a, it was a counselor in a, a child counselor in a, one of the shelters I lived in. Okay. They're like, Hey, you need to talk about it. You got to, like, no, fuck you. You know, I don't need to tell you anything. Right. You know, who are you? Who are you? Why are you trying to get me to talk? You don't know my life, you know? Right. And then he's like, the weight will come off. And if it wasn't for, and it, honestly, it all started when we wrote Street Prowl. Yeah? Yeah, it all really, it was just like, fuck. You like, felt you felt suppressed before? I mean, like, yeah, wow. Yeah, okay. it was like, why do I need to talk about this? Like, that song, Iron Jot Angel, was written about seven times before I actually decided to do it. Uh-huh. You know? And, uh-huh. uh. I was like, fuck, man. Like, all my favorite songs were songs where people opened up. You know what I mean? Like, right. 
I'm good friends with all the dudes in Have Heart, and like I w- they would take me on tour with them. I would roadie for them. Yep. And some of the stuff like Pat would say was pretty deep. He's like, oh, I talk about my dad and like my sister and you know my brother and like how they get into shit and like you know like the the darker parts. Right. Uh, and I was like, and those were some of my favorite songs. And I was like, fuck, like the, it's always the songs that really expose themselves mm-hmm. that people will latch onto the most. I realized, and I was like, well. It's not that I want kids to latch onto my words. It's just something I need to get fucking out of me. Sure. It's like I know it'll be better for me. Right. Whether it helps some kid on the way, that's fucking cool or not, you know? Right. That's a byproduct. If, yeah. you, if you find yourself, you can put yourself in a more like emotionally raw state, that will yeah. hopefully resonate with other people. Yeah. And I've always loved talking about the elephant in the room, mm-hmm. you know? I loved bring it being in people's faces and talking right. about it it's like hey like you're like that's uncomfortable let's talk about yeah that. this is life like yeah and this is if you keep hiding from it it's just going to get worse it's going to get heavier right and it's going to slow you down and before you know it's going to break you right it's like you need to embrace the reality reality right. is nourishment and if you run from it it's just going to get darker yeah you know and and that's and that's why i told myself i was like fuck you got to get it out of you friends would say yo just put it out there right I was like, and that's what I did. And ever since then, I was like, I've been a lot less scared to talk about it. Like, it does. It does. It's funny because, like, I didn't, I, I didn't even like realize that in my own head. But it's like watching you develop, just you know, as an outsider, you now seem at a point where it's like, uh, you, you know, you, you're you're confident. You obviously like seem comfortable in your own skin, and in turn, you're able to express feelings more readily. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, I never thought I'd write a love song, and I wrote one. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> Like, sure. Now, I was like, oh, that should have been done, dude. You know, fucking everybody <laughs> right. did it. Been there, done. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, why would I Why would I do that? And then you, you get caught in a situation, especially after being in another relationship prior to that, that just nearly, like, aggravated me, you know, for fucking five years. That was the five-year one. Yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. I was just like, oh, like, why, why would I do that to myself again? Yeah. You know? And then it's cool to expose yourself to sometimes, mm-hmm. like, some of the best feelings you're going to do, you have to be vulnerable. Totally. You know, otherwise you're just... You're just shut in, right? You're and you won't, off. And, and you won't experience. You're and you're literally just waiting to die. Yeah, you know, you're not living. You're just there. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you're an observer rather than a participant. Oh yeah, hundred totally. percent. And fuck it, like all the best. All, some of my favorite moments is when I dove in. Yep. Just head first. Fuck it. Let's go. Right, right. You know, and you know, I, I fell in love again. I thought it was cool, and it was like I never thought I'd find anybody as important. And you know, like to become yeah. that close, to become more vital than myself right. to my own being. You know, yeah, yeah. And it's cool, and people are like, oh, love, you know, love is fucking yeah, yeah, yeah. saps. Oh, well, right. you're you're young, you know. It's like, dude, I'm I'm fucking twenty eight now. Yeah, like right. You're you're especially in the context of punk and hardcore. You're old. Like you're. <laughs> You're on, your, you're on your way out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I still, I, I forget how old I am, dude. I know, it's crazy. Yeah, it preserves you so well. And then, you know, I, 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 write, I write about everything. Right. Like, you think, you think you've been written all after two LPs, and, like, I still have shit to say. You yeah, know, yeah, Which yeah. still kind of blows my mind. Right. And, but now I have, like, a, not just, like, a more experienced view on things. Well, you, have, you probably have perspective, too. Yeah, a, yep. a, a new perspective on, like, right. my own band. Yeah. Punk music. Totally. Being a kid, like I'm still a fucking child. Of course. Like it's it's <laughs> fucked up. It's because I grew up so fast that I, and I know I tend to latch onto everything that keeps me young. Yeah. And I don't see why you wouldn't. No. Why, why would you want to grow up? It's the fucking worst thing ever. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, you, it's, can, you can do. I always put it this way: you can do adult-like things, but you don't have to grow up. 
Like you don't have to grow up from a mentality standpoint. Yeah. Like as long as you're responsible, yeah. that's the biggest thing. Yeah. Oh, oh, you mean get a job and pay rent and like yeah, yeah. eat food? And like, right. yeah, that's that's fine. Like yeah, I've been do doing that. that. Right. I've been doing that shit since I was sixteen. Right. You know, like but why would I want to grow up? Yeah. Like I'm trying to be as immature as possible, as old as I can. You right. know, as long as I can. Right, right. I right. want to be sixty and making fart jokes, you know? Yeah, yeah of course. Uh, that should that should hopefully never die, right? Yeah, right, hopefully. Right, right. And I don't want to be around you if you don't like fart jokes. You're a yeah, dumbass. Yeah, get out of here. Yeah. Uh, there's two last things I want to hit on before I let you go. One was the idea of um, rotting out is in this like super interesting position where you guys are, I mean, obviously very well developed in the hardcore scene and you're well respected. Still weird. Yeah. But I mean, <laughs> but you are, it's like, because you guys, because you've worked your ass off, you've, you've done everything, you know, the quote unquote right way. And so now that obviously other bands outside the context of the hardcore world, like want to tour with you, you're this interesting band that you can sell tickets in most portions of the country bands that see that that want to tour with a cool band like you know they have that like yeah. oh rot, like dude rot, rotting out's awesome um do you do you find yourself having to kind of protect the band in some capacity um from like inauthentic people trying to kind of come in and capitalize on on rotting out in a way like whether it's like a business sense or whether it's like other bands that want to take you out on tour that you're just like that's weird that doesn't make sense oh no most definitely okay. we've turned down a lot of offers mm-hmm. we're just like no that's dumb why would we do that yeah i don't one i don't like that band i don't know those people and right. i've heard things from friends that have toured with them that you know it's just irritating. It's like, no, I don't want to. And I, I, honestly, we have, and we're just like, fuck, man, I wish we didn't do that. Really? Yeah. Like, you know, I, I obviously don't want to, like, name no, names. No, no, but no. But it's just, it's, just, it's just like. So you, you've turned pe- on. People you, try to ride whatever they think we are. Right. And use it, be like, oh, hey, look, we know. Yeah, we're out. cool. Right, right. Yeah, at which I, I do, we're, we're a bunch of dumbasses, dude. Right. We barely know. We, we play power chords. Right. I don't know. I don't. You tell me to play a C chord. I, I I just fucking look at you. Right. Like, oh, you mean drops? I know drop C. Yeah. You know, like I know hate breed. Right. Like I can play perseverance you know, pretty well. Yeah, you right. unloved. Yeah, let me hold on. You know, totally. Yeah, uh, but no, we're not. We're not musicians. We're, right. We're, we're and whatever people. Oh, they have street cred. It's like no, just just because we're from a specific part of town. You know, like, do you really think like being from the ghetto is cool? Right, shit fucking sucks, dude. You, you really think being broke and being late on rent was cool growing up? Like right. you're getting beat up. Yeah, by you're like, like I can't wait to start a band ten years later and talk about can... this bullshit. Like you know, shit fucking sucked, man. <laughs> totally. <laughs> like this, you're like this is not this is not cool that I'm able to mine from these experiences for later on songs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't like, oh, this would be a dope song. That's no. It's like fuck, yeah, yeah. man. This sucks. Like right. I remember this. Like sometimes I hate singing certain songs mm-hmm. because depending on the mood or the day. It just strikes harder than it usually does, like sure. on every other night. And I'm just like, "Fuck, man, that sucked." Right. And then the kids would be like, "Oh, dude, you you talked about that, and I know what that's like." And I'm like, "Dude, I don't know what to tell you because that fucking sucks." Yeah. Like, I'm I'm sorry. Like, right. that's the most that I can tell you. I'm sorry because I know what it feels like, right. and I'm sorry you know what it feels like. Right. This shit sucks. It's cool we shared that, but that sucks at the same time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, there's definitely bigger bands that are like, oh, like let's take rotting out or rotting out. And you know, anything money involved. I can't stand. Really? Like, it's like, oh, how much do you think you guys should, uh, sh- how, how much do you guys get paid for shows? It's like, dude, it still blows my mind that we get paid. Yeah, right. You know, it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Right. Like, we, when we started out, we put ourselves in so much debt. Of course. That we're still slightly paying off, which is almost 
zero, which I'm stoked on. Right. Um, but like, we didn't know what we were doing. We were just like, okay, let's let's go on the road. Let's do this. Yeah. Let's yeah. go. Let's go on the road. Let's tour with this. Let's tour with them. Let's tour with our friends. Let's tour with these new bands. Right. Let's just tour. Let's do another record. Yeah. Let's do another record. Um, we'll release it. We'll play this. Well, oh wow, somebody wants to fly us out. Fuck yeah. Yeah. You know, like, do we have the money to fly out? Yes. No. You know, like we would kind of try to see what we can right. Make you happen. balance. Sure. Sure. Yeah. And you know, it was a growing process, but. Then there would be bands like, oh, we want, we want them, and it's just like, dude, like, you want us for all the wrong reasons, right? You don't yeah, want, you don't feel like it's authentic, right? Look, and the cool thing about the story so far, tour, mm-hmm. first night of tour, I, we didn't know any of the dudes, right? We didn't know any of the bands. We knew a couple people from like previous tours, right? And we barely, we literally made it by the fucking hair on our balls, right? And we we load in, we load, we literally had to set up by the bathrooms. Oh yeah, we set up merch by the bathrooms. And we're like, oh, there's a fucking barrier. Yeah. I'm like, all right, the stage is high. We'll figure something out. Right. First song, singer stage dives. Singer for uh, Story So stage dives, sings along. I was like, this is fucking cool. Yeah. Like, this kid's not. You're like, we're here. This right. Kid, He's this, not a poser. this kid's not a fucking poser. Like, totally. Like, and then I would talk to the other members. He'd be like, yeah, I was at that show. You guys had Mike, and there was like 20 kids there. Right. I was like, you were at that fucking show. He's like, yeah, I was like 15. I was like, that's fucking sick. Yeah, yeah, I was like, yeah. That show sucked, but I was sick. Right, that's cool. You're there. Yeah, like, again, it just it proved the fact that you're just like, oh, like this, I'm glad we made this decision. It's a, it's a, I was like, why'd you guys ask us? He's like, we like you guys. Right. You're like, weird. I was like, <laughs> weird how that like, works. I was like, sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, that's cool, you know? And. Yeah, uh-huh. basically, you're you're protecting obviously the band from from trying to partner up with people that are just like ah, oh, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, it, 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 it's just like you can tell sometimes bands do desperate moves, right? To to get a certain crowd in. Sure, it's like oh, we want to legitimize our relationship with hardcore bands, right? Right, and so let's get let's get these bands of or course. let's tour with this band, and that's that's kind of whack. It's like no, I want to tour with Running Out because. Because we've, well, they, they're like, sick, right? I like they're them. Sick. I mean, we can. They can be an emo band or a fucking death metal band. Yeah. You know, and they'll be like, "Yo, I want to tour running out of the band." Sick. Yeah. You know, and I'll be like, "Yeah, that's cool." But, you're oh. like, you're like, as long as you start with that, we're cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As long as as long as you actually know what we're about, then right? Think, then yeah, awesome. Yeah, then we're cool. Uh, the last thing I want to hit on was the fact that you're you're extremely passionate about weightlifting. Yeah. Extremely passionate. Yeah, especially in the past couple of years, which has taken its toll on my stage presence. But really. Yeah, because I mean, you're carrying around more weight. Uh, Sixty pounds heavier now. <laughs> is this something that you you think that will obviously that you have your eyes set on for? It's like, well, you know, rotting out could last for the next five to ten years or whatever. Who knows? But is is competitive weightlifting something you're being like, hey, this is this is something I can do for the future, so to speak, or is this just a fun? Oh, a hundred percent. Okay. Yeah, like I tr- I train people. Like right. you know what I train I I, I train. And I also train others. That's awesome. So, like, that's something I want to do. That's okay. like, you know, you never know what could happen with your band. Where, no. you know, people have a falling out, break up, just right. a bad day, and you just call it, you know, call it quits, or you just over it. Yeah. You know, it, it, bands happen. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. They don't but, last forever. But the cool right. thing is, you know, I can always go back to the gym and be like, all right, what needs work? Yeah. You know, where? How can I get better? Right. How can I get stronger? Right. How can I get faster? You know what I mean? Like, sure. How do I improve? Like, you know, there's that. You also get a mental discipline out of that. You know, like, oh, I, I can't go out tonight. I got to go bench. I got a meet coming up. Like, I can't skip yeah. days. You know, I got to watch my diet. I got to take in calories. I got to eat properly. I got to sleep good. Right. You know, and uh, it was cool because I was afraid my girlfriend wouldn't be into it, and mm-hmm. it's kind of it's kind of a big deal to me. Right. And then she dwelled into it, and she's now. 
for her weight class and her age, she's seventh in the nation. It's amazing. Which is fucking awesome. Yeah. I'm jealous of because right, right. You're I'm, like, I'm not there. Yeah, because I'm on tour and I can't put in the work that needs to be done to right. to make it there. And, you know, she's at home. You know, when I'm gone, she's you know, you know, she's she obviously just focuses on training and work and the yeah. dog. You know, right. And um, and that that's she she earned where she is. You yeah. can't. There's see. There's no. There's no politics or around it there's no. no there's no yeah you either do it or you don't there's yeah, no it, shortcuts yeah there's there's either you get two white lights or you get reds you know there's right your your lift is good or not right it's, it's black and white there's not oh well, you know yeah, yeah it's yeah, not yeah. it's good or not it's it's simple as that right and so you earn your worth right and you earn your placement and that and i think that's cool you know what i mean like there's no bullshit to it it's yeah. just straightforward your hard work pays off right and it's definitely something i'm involved but when it comes to stage this past this is hardcore i don't know if anybody could tell but fuck man i felt gassed sluggish <laughs> oh my god really like oh like if you look at shows from like two years ago and a show now right there's definitely a black and white especially not only in the stage presence right but just in the endurance oh sure like right. I'll talk a little longer, right, to save some time. Yeah, you gotta know? save some breath, right? Yeah, right. I'll crouch down by the drum set. I'll only talk by the drum set just because I'm like, how's everybody? You know, give it up to so and so, rubbing. You know, right, 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 right. And uh, which I I don't I, I know that there's a there's a price. You know, there's it, there's yeah a part, but all that means. And you just, I, you, your stage presence just needs to evolve into a different stage now. You're just like, all right, I'm carrying more weight now, so I'm not going to be doing my you know jump kicks like I used to. Maybe I'll <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. Uh, yeah definitely. Or I just means I just got to kick it into gear this fall and just go harder. Just yeah, literally yeah. just train yeah. train cardio, cardiovascular, which fucking sucks, dude. Right, right. No one likes cardio. No, no, <laughs> fuck that, man. Well, Walter, I can't. Thank you enough for doing this. This was really fun. For no, me no to, worries, man. I'm always down to, to chat. To, to chop it up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always down. So there you have it. There was my conversation with Walter. Yeah, like I said, just a very genuine guy. Was was ready to discuss anything and everything. You know, I always do a little, uh, before I start the interview, I kind of give people the opportunity to uh, not approach certain issues in their life. I always say, Hey, if there's something you want to talk about, you know, either let me know, or if we hit it in the interview, then we'll divert. And he basically was just like, "Oh, you don't even need to say that." And I'm like, "No, I know, but I need to have that safe, safe word in place in case we do run across a topic that a person is not comfortable discussing." So, Walter was a complete open book, and I couldn't thank him enough for that. So, the producer for this show is Tom Richfield, always and forever my bay. Isn't that how the kids say it? Bay, baby, whatever. I apologize if this is a little more rambling, but like I said, it's I'm, I'm alone in my hotel room. I feel like I'm like the king to my kingdom right now and because there's no one that's going to bother me. I'm not going to have a, a kid being like, hey, I need my uh, my dinner. It's like, oh, leave me alone, all right? I'm, I'm busy. I'm recording a podcast. Visit propertyofzack.com. Visit 100wordspodcast.com. And if you, if you find this a valuable resource and, and a valuable thing that you do, donate to the show. I really appreciate that. And I'm, I'm continually improving the recording tactics. We'll hopefully pass that on to you who will be like, you know what? This, this does sound better. It's listenable. I like that. Until next week, be safe, everybody.
The show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Trust me in saying that no matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all of the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. High Five Casino. High Five Casino is a social casino with real prizes and big Vegas hits at HighFiveCasino.com. The hottest games right from Vegas and all winnings go straight to your bank account. Hundreds of exclusive games, free daily rewards, and come back to get free coins every four hours. Only at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details at HighTheNumberFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino. Hey there, all you lovely listeners. Let's dive into this latest release that is going to suck the life out of you in the best way possible. So listen up, because the Womanizer Next 3D Pleasure Air Stimulator, available from Pink Cherry, takes pleasure to a whole new dimension, literally. Imagine taking the speed and intensity of the original groundbreaking Pleasure Air technology combined with new Climax Control, so you can control even the depth of the airwaves. The 3D Pleasure Air technology offers a deeper, richer sensation that might just transport you to another universe of pleasure. The Womanizer Next 3D, available from Pink Cherry, is the only toy that allows you to take complete control of your orgasm journey with fully customizable speeds, intensities, and depths. Made from soft-touch silicone, a fully waterproof body, and smart silence technology, you can enjoy pleasure anywhere, anytime. So what are you waiting for? Ditch the doll and enjoy unparalleled pleasure from the Womanizer Next 3D, available from Pink Cherry. Visit PinkCherry.com and save an extra 20% off with code NEXT.